Let me begin today by saying the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of the righteous makes the tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. You see, prayer is fellowshipping with God, with the Father. A vital, personal contact with God, who is more than enough. We are to be in constant communi- communion with God. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12, it says, For the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, those who are upright and in right standing with God, and his ears are attentive or open to their prayer. Prayer is not to be religious form with with no power. It is to be effective and accurate and bring results. God watches over his word to perform it. That's in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12. Prayer that brings results must be based on God's word. For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of, of the breath of life, the very soul and the immortal spirit and it, uh, of the joints and the marrow that is of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing the sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and the purpose of the heart. That comes to us from Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 in the Amplified Bible. You see, my friends, prayer is this living word that comes in our mouths. Our mouths must speak forth faith, for faith is what pleases God in Hebrews 11.6. We hold his word up to him in prayer, and our Father sees himself in our words. God's word is our contact with him. We put in him in remembrance of his words. In Isaiah 43, 26. Placing a demand on his ability in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We remind him that he supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The word does not return to him void. Without producing any effect, useless. But it shall, it shall accomplish that which he pleases and, and purposes. And it shall prosper in the thing for which he sent it. Isaiah 55, 11. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Glory to God. You see, God did not leave us without his thoughts and his ways, for we have his holy word, his bond. God instructs us to call him, and he will answer and show us great and mighty things. In Jeremiah 33, 3, prayer is to be exciting, 
not a drudgery. It takes someone to pray. God moves as we pray in faith, believing, hallelujah. He says that his eyes run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of those whose hearts are blameless towards him. Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. We are blameless, Ephesians 1 and 4 says. We are his very own children, Ephesians 1 and 5. We are his righteousness in Christ Jesus. Second Chronicles chapter 5, verse 21. He tells us to come boldly to the throne of grace and obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Appropriate and well-timed help. Hebrews 4.16. Praise the Lord. Say it with me. Praise the Lord. Let's say that again. Praise the Lord. The prayer armor is for every believer. Every believer. Every member of the body of Christ who will put it on and walk in it. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God for pulling down of the strongholds of the enemy. Satan, the God of this world, and all his dynamic forces, spiritual warfare takes place in prayer. Second Chronicles chapter 10, verse 4, Ephesians 6, 12, and 18. There are many different kinds of prayer, such as the prayer of thanksgiving and of praise, the prayer of dedication and of worship, and of the prayer and changes things, not God. All prayer involves time of fellowshipping with the Heavenly Father. In Ephesians 6, we are instructed to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of Almighty God, and pray at all times, on all occasions, every occasion, in every season, in the Spirit, with all manner of prayer and treatry. Ephesians 6, 18, the Amplified Bible. In 1 Timothy 2, we are admonished and urged the petitions of prayers and intercessory and thanksgiving be offered on behalf of all mankind. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Prayer, listen, prayer is our responsibility. And prayer must be the foundation of every Christian endeavor. Every Christian endeavor. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you this morning, lifting up our brothers and our sisters, all those around this world we lift up today in the name of Jesus Christ. And we come before you boldly before your throne today. Lord, we're lifting up our sister Sue, our brother Danny, for Mary, for those that, that have come and, and, and requested prayer for their family or their friends, we lift them up today in the name of Jesus Christ. Those that are in need of healing, healing of body, mind, spirit, and soul. Those who are, are requesting healing for financial problems. Those that are in for, for marital problems. For those that are... are, are Grieving over someone who, who died of COVID or, or someone who is grieving for other reasons. Lord, we lift them up right now in the name of Jesus. 
for those that are, are, are in political warfare somewhere in another country. Lord, we're lifting them up. We got a letter not too long ago. People cannot, cannot get out from under their government. Right now, we're, we're reaching out to them. They, they have no freedom. Lord, they're, they're just under the thumb of a communism. We reach out to them and, and, and beg, Lord God, that they would find freedom to, of religion, Lord, that they, could, that they would be able to worship in open as we do here in America. Father, we just we pray for all people everywhere, Lord God, that, that they could worship you openly and in freedom. We ask, Lord God, that you would just bless all those in the sound of my voice, wherever they are, and take away the chains that bind them. We ask that you would buy that that you would bind Satan and loose them from the grasp of addiction right now in Jesus' mighty name. We ask that you would bring peace, peace, O oh Lord God, peace and tranquility once again to this earth that you have formed. We ask these things today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Well, praise the Lord and good morning and welcome to Spiritual Awareness with Pastor Davenport. I'm Pastor Davenport. I am so pleased to have you here today. I want you to know that God has a plan for your life. You may say, oh, no, not me. Yes, you. God has had a plan for your life from the day that you opened your eyes to this wonderful world. Now, I'd like you to open your Bibles with me to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. You know, sometimes, you know, our life is so filled with stuff. And I mean stuff. But you know what? Here's the thing. You may have gone through uh, uh, some, some rough times. But I'm telling you today, my friend, God can use that. God can use all that stuff you've gone through. Because someone else is going through that same stuff you've been through. You, you know, I'll, I'll tell you right now, you say, well, you know, Pastor, <laughs> I may have been an alcoholic. I may have been a drug addict. I may, uh, whatever it is that you've gone through, I'm telling you right now, God will use what you've been through to reach another soul for Jesus. Are you listening to me? God had a plan from the day you were born that you would be a witness for Jesus Christ. And I'm going to tell you today, God had a plan for someone else. His name was Moses. Would you turn to Exodus chapter 3 as we, can, as we begin to look at someone else that God had a plan for his life too. His name was Moses. And today, today's message is called Moses winning in the wilderness. Now I'm holding up, you're on the, you're on the broadcast, you can't really see, but I'm holding up my, my Bible. I use, I use the, the Bible. If you go to our website, you'll see it. I use a King James Lodge print Bible. Uh, 
and I'm holding it up in my hand right now, locked within the pages of this sacred text are the lives of some great men and women. Now, last couple of weeks, I've been preaching on, on uh on Esther and on Ruth, and I got some letters. Boy, tell let me tell you, I got some letters. And the men said, hey, wait a minute. You know, I know that there were some great men in the Bible as well. So today I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on Moses winning in the wilderness. So locked within the pages of this sacred text are the lives of some great men as well as them women whose trials and and, and triumphs are going to inspire you. I mean, they're going to really inspire you with the triumph of these men as well as women in the Bible. These lives will direct you. They will comfort you. They will challenge you. And most of all, will comfort you to the glorious image of Jesus Christ. Today, we're going to touch on Moses and winning in the wilderness. How many of you that are listening today have ever suffered a severe disappointment? Let me see your hands. <laughs> and I can't see them, but raise your hands. Let's do it that way. You know, I understand I've, I write these for church. How many of you have ever had a sudden career reversal? How many of you have suddenly you got... Oh, before your time. Boy, I can raise my hand to that one. How many of you are, 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 are still alive? Let me see your hands. And <laughs> that explains it. <laughs> You're going to enjoy today's message, Winning in the Wilderness, especially those of you local that, that live in Juniper Woods Ranch. So read with me verses 1 through 5. 1 through 5. Exodus chapter 3, 1 through 5. Now Moses kept a flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to a mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold, the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush. And he said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. And he said, draw not nigh hither, Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place wherein thou standest is holy ground. Is holy ground. Will you bow your heads with me, please? Oh, glorious Father, in the name of Jesus, let us learn today from the life of Moses. Let us learn how to win in the most disappointing moments of our lives. And when we are overwhelmed with the crises of this life and we feel like running, let us learn to stand with our hand in the hand of you, Father, in the hand of God, to be more than just conquerors. 
In the name we pray and ask it. And all God's people said, praise the Lord. Amen. You may be. Just put that on your heart. Just put that on your heart. Now our story begins and opens with Moses being disappointed in the desert. Again, how many of you that are listening to the sound of my voice this morning have been disappointed in your lives? How many of you have counted on someone else and been disappointed? There was a story that comes to my mind of a man who read an ad in the newspaper. It was under the car section, and it, and, and it said, Mercedes 500 SEL for sale. Mint condition, $50. Wow. He phoned the phone number, and the woman an, uh, answered the phone, and, and the man said, are you sure you know what kind of car you're selling out there? She said, yes. He said, you want $50 for it? She said, yes. And it's a Mercedes 500 SEL? She said, yes. He raced over and he saw the car. It was in mint condition. He got in it and drove it. He loved it. He said, here's your $50. She gave him the title. He said, can I ask you a question before I drive off? She said, fine, go ahead. He said, why are you selling this car? It's an $80,000 car. It's brand new. And you're selling it for $50. She said, well, last week my husband ran off with his secretary and he told me to sell the brand new Mercedes for whatever I could get for it. And I just sold it. She was real disappointed. I'm sure he's going to be when he gets that $50 too. <laughs> let's, let's join Moses in his story. Exodus 3 finds Moses disappointed. He had been adopted into the royal family of Pharaoh. He had studied at the University of Egypt. He was to be the heir to the throne of Egypt. He had wealth, he had power, he had privilege, and he had position. He was a person where people bowed before him. When he entered the public buildings, everybody bowed their head. And they got very quiet. He had Pharaoh's ring on his finger and he had the curled cobra on his arm. He was in the who's who of the world. Then like lightning out of a blue sky, his fairy tale life came unraveled. He saw two Hebrews being beaten by an Egyptian. And as the crown prince of Egypt, he could have easily have had the man put to, into prison. But Moses, in a fit of rage, killed the man with his bare hands. And a shadow, a shadow falls over the life of Moses from that moment. And it never left him. Why? Because of, of Moses' uncontrollable temper, his anger, his rage, 40 years later, Moses is into the wilderness. He's the pastor of five or six million people, and he's become weary with the people constant complaining about not having all the water they wanted. He becomes angry. They wanted 
He becomes so angry and he loses his temper again. The first time he lost his temper, he killed a man. The second time he lost his temper, he disobeyed God and God poured out his judgment upon him. God told Moses to smite the rock and he smote it twice in anger. He said, okay, you hard-headed people want water? Whack, whack, you've got water, drink it till you drown. That's not in the book of Deuteronomy. That's just what I think it said. God forbade Moses to enter into the promised land. Now think about this. This man had lived and, and dreamed all his life about setting his people free. What he had lived, what he had dreamed about. All his life, he would never touch his reason for living was never realized. He was allowed to see the promised land from a distance. He was allowed to see it from Mount Nebo as God buried him. But he never, never entered the land of milk and honey. As he lived his final moments before his death, thinking about what might have been the almost, and I want you to hear this, some of you listening and some of you who are hearing this CD or this broadcast, excuse me, just like Moses, many of you will live your last moments in the desert of disappointment, uh, deep sorrow, saturated with regret. You will live your last days inside of your dreams and you'll go to your grave wondering what might have been but never was because of your uncontrollable temper and your uncontrollable anger. Perhaps your anger has destroyed the quality of your marriage or your family. It has intimidated your children and destroyed their self-confidence. Your anger and your temper has destroyed your professional opportunities. It has embraced you and humiliated you a thousand times before. When you go home, your dog hides behind the door when you come in. You use pitiful excuses for your anger. You say, I'm Irish, or I'm Mexican, or I'm German, or I'm red-headed, or I'm pig-headed, or I'm mule-headed, or whatever you choose to use as an excuse. Let me say to you, that's not true. You're filled with the devil, and you need to be set free from the monstrous temper that you hold. That demon of rage, and you need to call it what the Bible calls it. It's sin. It's abuse. It's an emotional cancer that will destroy you, <coughs> excuse me, and every member of your family unless you get a handle on it and get a handle on it now. Proverbs 16, 32 says, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit is greater than he who conquers a city. Samson conquered a city 
but he couldn't conquer himself. David conquered nations, but he could not conquer himself. Alexander the Great conquered the world, but he could not conquer himself. At the age of 33, he died of a venereal disease. The worst enemy he ever had was himself. I read a story in the paper a while back. There was a basketball player in the European League who was playing in the playoff games. He missed a simple layup shot in a critical moment in the playoff game, and his team lost because of that missed layup. In an act of rage, he walked under the basketball goal post, and he, in a fit of anger, he slammed his head into the goal post and snapped his own neck. He fell to the floor, forever paralyzed from the neck down, never to move again. A massive, marvelous talent, multi-millionaire athlete who is now a vegetable who can only roll his eyes around. The price of one uncontrollable second of rage. I remember a letter I received around Christmas time from a child who asked me, Pastor, Pastor, please, could you pray to God and ask him to quit, have my dad quit hitting my mommy and me? Listen to me. Listen to me, you macho meathead. If you're hitting your wife or your child, if you're abusing them, if you're degrading them, if you're humiliating them, stop it. Stop it in the name of Jesus. You're putting your hands on a child of God. They are God's property. And he certainly will pour out his wrath upon you. I pray to God that the next time he raises his hand in anger and in rage with his hand from the, the just wither his hands from the elbow out. Hallelujah. Lady, you call the cops. That's not love making. Him beat you up. That's not love. God didn't create woman to be punched a punching bag for some beer drinking slime ball. Get out of that abusive relationship. Get your child out of that. Get your clothes packed them and, and get out. Just go to the nearest shelter. Call the cops and tell them to hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back again. Praise God. Chaos. Chaos. Chaos has consequences. Say that with me. Chaos has consequences. Choices. Choices have consequences. Moses made a choice, and that choice led him to, to flee to the backside of the desert. Logic would have paid his life was over. It's finished. All of his political co uh, connections were broken. He's now on the backside of the desert. He knows no one there. God had a purpose uh, for the life of Moses. Listen, listen to me. God had a purpose for the life of Moses. And God has a purpose for you. Praise Jesus. I hope you're listening to me today. 
in 14 different countries. I hope you're listening to the sound of my voice when I tell you not only did God have a purpose for Moses, but God has a purpose for your life. He's had a plan for your life since the day that you were born. From the moment his mother put him in that boat made of reed and it was swept away down the Nile River until this very moment when the, when, when, when the drudges through the hot, scorching desert sand headed towards Midian with blood on his hands. God had a plan for Moses' life. Mr. Lady, teenager, I want you to hear me today. God has a purpose for your life. Your foolish choices may have led you to ruin, to a calamity. It may have left you in a divorce. It may have left you to drugs. It may have led you to alcohol. It may have led you to crime. It may have led you into an abortion clinic. It may have led you into the occult, uh, witchcraft, or Satanism. It may have plunged you into the sewer of the new age. But I'm here to tell you today, I have good news for you. And that good news is that God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob can take your sin-stained life and wash it in the blood of Jesus and make it beautiful again. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I said hallelujah. He can set you free from the guilt of your past. He can set you free from the tormenting memories that haunt you day and night. He can set you free, hallelujah, from the anger that controls you. He can set you free from the resentments that drives you. Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus, say that with me, Jesus. <clears throat> Jesus can take fear and give your life new meaning again. Jesus can take that I don't know what to do demon into the positive direction. Listen to me, dear lady. If you are in abusive relationship, whether it's physical, mental, or verbal, you can set be set free. You can be set free. Think back to when you will, were independent. Think back to when you were self-confident. Think back and be filled with self-esteem, self-worth, when you were you and not the battering ram for someone, some macho dimwit. Listen to me, friend. Glory to God. Woo-wee! You can get out. In every city, there's a faith house for battered women. Oh, you need to call the crisis line 602-843-4892, 24 hours a day, Monday through Saturday. I'm telling you, there is no excuse for abuse. There is no excuse for abuse of any kind. So just do it. Just do it in Jesus' name. Just do it. Get out of that abusive relationship for whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Glory to God. The Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. I tell you today, the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. 
The Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You can walk out of this building today free, 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 free indeed forever because Jesus Christ sets the captive free. Can somebody, somebody, somebody lift your hands to heaven and shout amen this morning. Praise Jesus. <coughs> Forgive me. Now the story picks up. Now because Moses meets the and marries a woman, the Bible says the man who findeth a wife findeth a good thing. And all the ladies said, Amen. Amen. <laughs> now her name is Zephra. She's the daughter of the sheep herder. She's dark skinned. And they get married. Mm -mm. They were forbidden membership into the local uh, church. They lost their membership in the country club. Their children wouldn't, couldn't go to the local schools. And they all had to ride. And, and let, me, let me see. This precious book that we read. That is supposed to be the guide and the compass of our lives. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever, say that with me, whosoever. <laughs> oh, I love that part. Say it again. Whosoever believeth in him. Whosoever means all of us. Or it means none of us. When you read this book, I'm holding in my hand, saints of God. There's the blood-bought church. There's the triumphant church, the glorious church, the unified church. But in this book, there is no white church, no yellow church, no brown church, no black church. There is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are. And it's high time we got back to being at God's business. And God is still in the business of saving souls. And I pray, let it happen. I pray, let it happen. In Jesus name. In Jesus' mighty name. Somebody, somebody say amen out there today. Praise God. In America today, they're talking on the TV about racism. Everywhere racism, racism, racism. Maybe there is in, in, some, in some minds, in, in some of the police officers. I don't know. I don't know anybody that's racist. And yet, if you think racism isn't in the house of God, you need to read some of my mail. I assure you, God either loves all of us or he loves none of us. Moses is disappointed. Disappointment led to a divine appointment. The angel of the Lord appeared to him on a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. Verse 2, the question in, that you ask, who is this angel? In Acts chapter 7, verse 30 and 32, identifies this angel as God himself. For the angel says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I want you to consider for just a moment the ministries of angels. How many of you would like to see an angel? I wonder. Now, would would be a good time and, and, and look look at your look at your wives, guys. This might be a good time. I went to a home of a person recently, knocked on the door. And a woman's voice said, is that you, angel? 
I said, no, but I, I, I am in the same department. One, one, one man said, my wife is an angel preacher. She's always up in the air and always harping about something to me. I said two weeks ago, whether you're saved or you're lost, there's an angel in your future. The Bible says angels rejoice over the salvation of one soul coming to Christ. Jesus said in Luke chapter 15, verse 10, I say unto you that there is joy in the presence of God over one sinner that repents. So today, when you when when you when you think about accepting Christ as your Lord and your Savior. 10,000 times 10,000 times 10,000 angels shall stand up and shout to the sound of thunder because you have walked or you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord. When you walk down that aisle or at a church and you accept Christ, when you stand and you shout to the sound of thunder because you have walked in the clutches of sin, into the gates of glory and God will give you a new name. He will give you a new beginning and a new home in a new city called Jerusalem. And one day soon, oh, we praise God. We shall be baptized in the river Jordan by the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And today will be the best day of the rest of your life. Let's give God praise and glory this morning. Hallelujah. Angel are God's secret agents. Carrying messages to men on earth. And women on earth. An angel of the Lord came to Abraham. And said to Abraham. I know you're almost a hundred. But this time next year. You and Sarah are going to have a baby. Sarah laughed. To keep from crying. When you're 90 years old, having a baby is not something that is on your top 10 things to do list. The angel Gabriel said to Mary, Mary, that holy child that is to be born in thee shall be called the Son of God. The angel appeared to Paul on the deck of, the, of a tossing ship in the mid Mediterranean Sea, who was being Guarded by, guarded by 275 Roman soldiers. And, and the angel said, Paul, the ship is going to wreck, but not one soul is going to be lost. Now, I want you to listen to me here. I said all that to say this this morning. I am tired of reading books and hearing about people who say an angel came to visit them last night and told him how to invest in real estate and for 99 and 99 they'll teach you how to do it when angels speak to you it is a a ground shaking life changing world changing event so don't go don't go woo wee the next time someone tells you they spoke to an angel of god make sure they didn't have too much uh Onions and pepperoni on their pizza. <coughs> Pardon me. See, angels defend the righteous. In Psalms 34, 4 says, 
And the angels of the Lord encamped around about them that fear him. Right now, the angels of the Lord are encamped around this congregation. Even wherever you are listening to the sound of my voice. Wingtip to wingtip with the swords of righteousness drawn. Holding back the principles and powers of darkness that surround this broadcast. Psalms 91.11 says, For he will give his angels charge over you to keep you. That means to guard. It's a military term. To guard you in all of your ways if you are a child of God. And the next time your life needs to be defended, say, Father, send your angels to defend me. And from the balconies of heaven, the, the winged squadrons of angels will swoop down with swords drawn, the demons and the principalities will back away because you are a child of God and through prayer have released the angels of God to defend you. You have the angels of God to defend you and they come instantly and they come powerfully and they defend you. Lift your hands to heaven and shout amen and give God praise and glory. And when you die, and you will, you're going to see an angel. And the angel will, will either escort you into the presence of Almighty God or drag you into the, the, the chambers of hell. One of the two. Luke chapter 16, verse 22 says, And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to heaven, to the very, to Abraham, excuse me, to Abraham's bosom. See, when you die, and you will, God-winged squadrons will swoop from the balconies of heaven and will escort you to the throne of God. Angels execute judgment upon the wicked. God sent angels to Sodom and Gomorrah to take the righteous out of, out of this whole society. God sent them to take Lot and his family out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Hear me. Soon and very soon, the archangel will shout, and the dead in Christ will rise, and those who are living in sins saturated. This secular, humanistic, God-hating society are going to leave this world for the mansions on high. This God-hating society, I said it before, I'm going to say it again, this God-hating society are going to leave this world And then, then, we that remain will leave for mansions on high. In Matthew 24, verse 31 says, And he shall send forth his angels with the sound of that trumpet and gather together his elect. That's you and you and you. I'm talking to you in 14 different countries. If you love the Lord and have accepted Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior, and have lived that righteous life from the four, four winds of heaven, from one end to heaven to the other. Church of God. Church of God, look up, pray up, pack up. We're going up, praise God. Jesus Christ, the Prince of Glory, is coming soon for his coronation and the meeting in the air. 
We're going to our new home and to the new heaven where the roses never fade and where the Lamb of God is the light of that holy city. Give God praise and glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to the Lamb and the Prince of Peace. How many of you saw that movie, The Ghost? I give you a special dispensation to go see it. Uh, put it on uh, Put it on your uh, TV and watch it. Hollywood was almost right about something. Did you see that black creatures dragging the wicked into the due reward? Lord, every dope, uh, snorting junkie, every booze-swilling drunk should know of this place called hell. You're going to... You're going to go dragging, wailing, screaming, gnashing your teeth, and they will drag you into the bowels of hell and lock you there until the day of judgment when you are cast into the lake of fire, and there will be no reprove, no reprieve. No judge can, can buy you off. There's no one that can save you. There is no court that can appeal it. You will be there. It's forever. Say it with me. It's forever. Because you're rejected. Because you, you've chose to reject the Son of God. You say, preacher, I don't believe in hell. Well, you better. That's too bad, Bubba. Poison kills whether you believe it or not. Flame burns. Fire burns whether you believe it or not. The earth is round whether you believe it or not. There's an eternity, whether you choose to believe it or not. There's a heaven and a hell, whether you believe it or not. And the, the, the soul that sins will walk in the chambers of hell, whether you believe it or not. Godless eternity forever, wishing they had found Jesus Christ while they were here. There is an, a, an angel in your future who will escort you into the paradise of God. If you have received Jesus Christ, one who will drag you into an, the bowels of hell for an eternity where there is no God and the choice is yours. I said the choice is yours because choices have consequences. God never sends anyone there. You go there because you rejected Jesus Christ, the son of almighty God. Now, continuing. Back to Moses. Now back to Moses at the burning bush. Moses discovers God in the desert. How many of you know that you can discover God in some very unusual places? Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight. He sees the burning, the, the bush burning. There's no smoke. The leaves are not consumed. The plant has not changed. It's just glowing with fire. I will turn aside to see this great sight. It takes time to get into the presence of Almighty God. Say that with me. It takes time to get into the presence of God. It takes time to pray or to meditate. It takes time to read the Word of God. It takes time to attend the house of God. You have to turn aside today to get into the presence of God. But many people today want it instantly. I mean, sometimes I think we ought to put a drive-through window here at the church. 
We have instant potatoes, instant coffee, instant tea. Why not instant Christianity? I saw a sign once. Uh, really, it, it, it represents the, the mentality of many Christians today. The sign said, antiques manufactured as you wait. And when I got to the antique store, they, they were packed. That's the new church. Moses discovered that God, at the age of 80, he served God as a pastor of five to six million people until he was 120 years old, and then he walked to his own funeral. He walked to his own funeral. I'm having trouble at 71. Moses had not become bitter. He had, had not become mean-spirited over the experiences of his past. Moses was about to receive a divine revelation in this burning bush. He said, I will turn aside and I will see this great sight. Moses had a, a feeling that every mystery in his life was about to be explained to him. That every reason for everything that had happened to him was about to be made known to him. So let me say this to you. Many of you here, in the sound of my voice, and many who are, you know, around, are looking for answers in your life. And I'm telling you that the, the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob can give you those answers if you'll but pray and ask. But you're going to have to turn aside and take time to be with God. If you want those answers. You've got to quit running in the circles long enough to allow the Holy Spirit to give you those answers. To give you a word of knowledge from heaven. And the moment you do, you will hear the voice of the Lord saying, I am to you. I am to you. I'm not going to use names here. <laughs> I am to you, and I am to you. I am what I was to Moses. He said, I am the great I am. I am the bread of life, the alpha, the omega, the living water. I am the way maker. I make a way when there is no way. I will make a way in your marriage. I will make a way in your business. I will make a way with your children. I am the sea walker, the blind man healer. I am the leper cleansing man from Galilee. I am the lion of the tribe of Judah, the fairest of 10,000. I am that bright and morning star. I am the Lord of the Lord and the King of the Kings. Let's give God praise and glory this morning. And God said, Moses, take off thy shoes for this is holy ground. So what is holy ground? We're standing on holy ground. But what is that? There are locations all over the world that are called holy. But what is that? Every religion has their shrines and their temples and their holy places. Christianity is no exception. Israel is called holy land. There is a shrine built over every event in Christ's life. But is that holy ground? 
And the answer is no, it's not. There are only two places in Scripture that mention holy ground. Moses at the burning bush and Joshua in Joshua 5.15 where God said, Take off your shoes, you are on holy ground. Now what's the difference between holy ground and a shrine? Holy ground is where God is, is. Holy ground is where God is with men. Holy ground is where God is and not where God was. So I want to say that again. Holy ground is where God is and not where God was. Holy ground is where something is taking place in the lives of men and women. A church where God is, is holy ground. A church where God once was is a shrine. If you're sitting in a church that downs other churches, pastors or congregations, if you, if you, in a, in a de denomination that ordains uh, ordains anyone and, and, and still goes against other churches or, or badmouths other churches, I don't think that's holy ground. If you're worshiping in a shrine, you're worshiping what once was, and God is not there. He's gone. See, it's an abomination because it's heresy because we should not be bad-mouthing any other church. If your church denies the virgin birth, God's not there. If your church denies miracles, God's not there. If your church denies the Holy Spirit, God's not there. If your church denies the power of the Holy Ghost, God's not there. You're going to be a shrine. You're not going to be a God-filled church. If your church has abandoned the word of God for the feel-good gospel, God's not there. You're going to be a shrine. God is not there. He's not there. He's not there. Holy ground is where the word of, of, of Almighty God is declared without fear or favor. Holy ground is where the Holy Spirit is Lord and not grieved. Holy ground is where the people are saved. Where the lost walk the aisles and drop their sin and are washed in the blood of the Lamb. Holy ground is where the broken lives are healed. Holy ground is where there is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Holy ground is where the sick are healed. And demons are cast out. We are, recur we are recurring today. Jesus Christ is Lord of this church. We are receiving. Constantly in this church. And on this broadcast. We are receiving Jesus Christ. As Lord and Savior. Constantly. Praising God. For this, this is holy ground. When we gather together on this broadcast, we declare it holy ground. When we are at Gospel of Faith Church, uh, we declare it holy ground by Jesus Christ. For he is here right now to heal, to deliver. I praise God. 
I wonder, can you give God praise and glory right where you are in your living room, your kitchen, wherever you are, give God praise and glory. Many of you, many of you listening to this broadcast, many of you today, many of you that are filled with disappointment, you're in the desert of despair. You too are in the desert of despair, in the wilderness as Moses. You're looking for a new beginning. You're, you're looking for a song in the night. You're looking for peace that surpasses all understanding. Hallelujah. I want you to tell you that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob can change your life around. And you will find it in him. You will find it in Jesus Christ. You're searching for it. I feel it. I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm thousands and thousands of miles away from you. I see you. I see you in Tibet right now. I can see you. I feel you. I can see you in Spain right now, in Germany. In verse 10, God said to Moses, Come therefore and I will send you to Pharaoh that he may bring my people out. And success was guaranteed for Moses because he was with the Lord. The first time Moses failed, he failed miserably because he tried to do it by himself. Listen to this. God said, certainly I will be with you. It's not how big the storm is. It's how big the Savior is that makes the difference. It's not what you go through. It's, it's who you go through with it. And you're going to go through it with Jesus Christ. You're going to go through it with Jesus Christ. Moses faced the greatest storm and he failed because he tried to do it alone. But then he, but then he did what many of you need to learn to do right now. He said, God, I cannot do this alone. The enemy is too powerful. He said, Pharaoh is too powerful. But for us, it's the enemy. He's too powerful. And God didn't say you go alone. He said, let's go. Say that with me. Let's go. He said, I will provide the, the manna. I will provide the water. I will provide the great sea. I will provide a cloud by day and fire by night. I will give you the answer. God's speaking to you right now. God is speaking to you right now. God is saying to you, I will deliver you. I will provide the manna, I'll provide you the water, the great sea, the cloud by day, the fire by night. I will give you the answers. God did not say, you go. God is saying to you right now, my friend, let's go. The difference between failure and success, between winning in the wilderness and losing your mind, is whether you go with God or not. Two men, two men. Now back to Moses at the burning bush. Moses discovers God in the desert. How many of you know that you can discover God in some very unusual places? Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight. He sees the burning, the, the bush burning. There's no smoke. The leaves are not consumed. The plant has not changed. It's just glowing with fire. I will turn aside to see this great sight. 
It takes time to get into the presence of Almighty God. Say that with me. It takes time to get into the presence of God. It takes time to pray or to meditate. It takes time to read the Word of God. It takes time to attend the house of God. You have to turn aside today to get into the presence of God. But many people today want it instantly. I mean, sometimes I think we ought to put a drive through window here at the church. We have instant potatoes, instant coffee, instant tea. Why not instant Christianity? I saw a sign once, uh, really, it, it, it represents the, the mentality of many Christians today. The sign said, antiques manufactured as you wait. And when I got to the antique store, they, they were packed. That's the new church. Moses discovered that God, at the age of 80, he served God as a pastor of five to six million people until he was 120 years old, and then he walked to his own funeral. He walked to his own funeral. I'm having trouble at 71. Moses had not become bitter. He had, had not become mean-spirited over the experiences of his past. Moses was about to receive a divine revelation in this burning bush. He said, I will turn aside and I will see this great sight. Moses had a, a feeling that every mystery in his life was about to be explained to him. That every reason for everything that had happened to him was about to be made known to him. So let me say this to you. Many of you here, in the sound of my voice, and many who are, you know, around, are looking for answers in your life. And I'm telling you that the, the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob can give you those answers if you'll but pray and ask. But you're going to have to turn aside and take time to be with God. If you want those answers. You've got to quit running in the circles long enough to allow the Holy Spirit to give you those answers. To give you a word of knowledge from heaven. And the moment you do, you will hear the voice of the Lord saying, I am to you. I am to you. I'm not going to use names here. <laughs> I am to you, and I am to you. I am what I was to Moses. He said, I am the great I am. I am the bread of life, the alpha, the omega, the living water. I am the way maker. I make a way when there is no way. I will make a way in your marriage. I will make a way in your business. I will make a way with your children. I am the sea walker, the blind man healer. I am the leper cleansing man from Galilee. I am the lion of the tribe of Judah, the fairest of 10,000. I am that bright and morning star. I am the Lord of the Lord and the King of the Kings. Let's give God praise and glory this morning. And God said, Moses, take off thy shoes for this 
is holy ground. So what is holy ground? We're standing on holy ground. But what is that? There are locations all over the world that are called holy. But what is that? Every religion has their shrines and their temples and their holy places. Christianity is no exception. Israel is called Holy Land. There is a shrine built over every event in Christ's life. But is that holy ground? And the answer is no, it's not. There are only two places in Scripture that mention holy ground. Moses at the burning bush and Joshua in Joshua 5.15 where God said, Take off your shoes, you are on holy ground. And what's the difference between holy ground and a shrine? Holy ground is where God is, is. Holy ground is where God is with men. Holy ground is where God is and not where God was. So I want to say that again. Holy ground is where God is and not where God was. Holy ground is where something is taking place in the lives of men and women. A church where God is, is holy ground. A church where God once was is a shrine. If you're sitting in a church that downs other churches, pastors or congregations, if you if you in a in a de denomination that ordains uh, ordains anyone and 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 still goes against other churches or or badmouths other churches, I don't think that's holy ground. If you're worshiping in a shrine, you're worshiping what once was, and God is not there. He's gone. See, it's an abomination because it's heresy because we should not be bad-mouthing any other church. If your church denies the virgin birth, God's not there. If your church denies miracles, God's not there. If your church denies the Holy Spirit, God's not there. If your church denies the power of the Holy Ghost, God's not there. You're going to be a shrine. You're not going to be a God-filled church. If your church has abandoned the word of God for the feel-good gospel, God's not there. You're going to be a shrine. God is not there. He's not there. He's not there. Holy ground is where the word of, of, of Almighty God is declared without fear or favor. Holy ground is where the Holy Spirit is Lord and not grieved. Holy ground is where the people are saved. Where the lost walk the aisles and drop their sin and are washed in the blood of the Lamb. Holy ground is where the broken lives are healed. Holy ground is where there is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Holy ground is where the sick are healed and demons are cast out. We are, recur we are recurring today. Jesus Christ is Lord of this church. We're receiving constantly in this church and on this broadcast. We are receiving Jesus Christ 
as Lord and Savior constantly. Praising God for this. This is holy ground. When we gather together on this broadcast, we declare it holy ground. When we are at Gospel of Faith Church, uh, we declare it holy ground by Jesus Christ. For he is here right now to heal, to deliver. I praise God. I wonder, can you give God praise and glory right where you are, in your living room, your kitchen, wherever you are, give God praise and glory. Many of you, many of you listening to this broadcast, many of you today, many of you that are filled with disappointment, you're in the desert of despair. You too are in the desert of despair, in the wilderness as Moses. You're looking for a new beginning. You're, you're looking for a song in the night. You're looking for peace that surpasses all understanding. Hallelujah. I want you to tell you that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob can change your life around. And you will find it in him. You will find it in Jesus Christ. You're searching for it. I feel it. I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm thousands and thousands of miles away from you. I see you. I see you in Tibet right now. I can see you. I feel you. I can see you in Spain right now, in Germany. In verse 10, God said to Moses, Come therefore and I will send you to Pharaoh that he may bring my people out. And success was guaranteed for Moses because he was with the Lord. The first time Moses failed, he failed miserably because he tried to do it by himself. Listen to this. God said, certainly I will be with you. It's not how big the storm is. It's how big the Savior is that makes the difference. It's not what you go through. It's, it's who you go through with it. And you're going to go through it with Jesus Christ. You're going to go through it with Jesus Christ. Moses faced the greatest storm and he failed because he tried to do it alone. But then he, but then he did what many of you need to learn to do right now. He said, God, I cannot do this alone. The enemy is too powerful. He said, Pharaoh is too powerful. But for us, it's the enemy. He's too powerful. And God didn't say you go alone. He said, let's go. Say that with me. Let's go. He said, I will provide the, the manna. I will provide the water. I will provide the great sea. I will provide a cloud by day and fire by night. I will give you the answer. God's speaking to you right now. God is speaking to you right now. God is saying to you, I will deliver you. I will provide the manna. I'll provide you the water, the great sea, the cloud by day, the fire by night. I will give you the answers. God did not say, you go. God is saying to you right now, my friend, let's go. The difference between failure and success, between winning in the wilderness and losing your mind, is whether you go with God or not. Two men. Two men.
I leave you with this. The two thieves on the cross, look how they faced the crisis. Both went through the same storm. The one said, if you are the son of God, that's full of doubt. If you are the son of God, save us. That man died and he went to hell. But the other thief said, we receive our just desserts. We're guilty. That's a confession. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That statement says, I believe you have a kingdom and I believe I can be saved if you will. He was casting his soul on the mercy of Jesus. When he closed his eyes in death, he walked instantly through the gates of heaven and said, I am a thief and I'm the first one to be washed in the blood of Jesus. Crown me. Both of them went through the same storm. One went with Jesus and the other said, I'll do it my way. Burdens will try your strength. Burdens will cause you pain. Burdens will bring tears to your eyes, but they cannot crush you if you have God. If you choose to walk with God. Today, we've seen Moses walking through the wilderness. But he didn't have to walk alone. He chose to walk with God. What will you choose today? If you walk with God, nothing can defeat you. Nothing is impossible unto you if you're walking with God because nothing is impossible for God. The Lord our God shall sustain you. Underneath his wings are the everlasting arms of God. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. God is all powerful. And I have a feeling everything is going to be all right because God is here. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, or if you've backslid and gotten away from God during this time of COVID, and you want to come home, if you want to come back to that burning bush, if you want to come back to where you know you need to be, I want you to say this prayer with me today. Just say it out loud, wherever you are. Just say this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, that's it, right out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. Or as you say, I know I have backslidden, Lord, away from you, and I want to come home. That's it. And I ask for your forgiveness. We all need to ask for God's forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and I invite you to come into my heart and into my life. I want to trust you and I want to follow you as my Lord and Savior. I ask this in Jesus' name. Lord, come in and change my life. In your name I pray. Amen and amen.
My friend, if you prayed that prayer, I just want to thank you for coming and listening to this broadcast. And I want to welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to reach out to a Bible-believing church and ask them to baptize you in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins. And I'd like you to write us at the P.O. Box 11042, Fort Mojave, Arizona, 86427. Now with that, I'm running along <laughs> quite quite long with today's message. So with that, I'd like you all to just reach up and touch your computer, your phone, whatever it is you're listening to this on. Now may the Lord bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you till he brings us back again. Hope to hope you listen on Wednesday in our in our first church series of Book of Acts. God bless you all. We love you. The Lord loves you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you all. Till next time.